This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. BeckQL Daily right here on the BeckQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksford with you on a Monday. Football is back. You heard the call there. Al Michaels, Super Bowl last year. The Rams are champs, and now they're defending. We get a game on Thursday with the Hall of Fame game. And joining us right now, our buddy Ian McDonald, CRG Futures, um, on Twitter, writing for 444.com. Ian, welcome back to the show. The exciting part about this is we get you for two segments today, so we'll break it up. We'll do some football here. We'll do some baseball coming up in a few minutes. But let's start with the NFL. We're back now. I was just hopping on on my different apps here, and it's amazing how many different futures markets are up right now. You know, just in the last week or so, I was on vacation. I came back like, whoa, there's so much to bet mm-hmm. on here. So let's let's start with some of the big ones. I say NFL MVP. Which uh, which names to you stand out? Where is the value for NFL MVP as we sit here on August first? Yeah, I've got a couple for each uh, award. And the reason I did that was because of the different betters, different level of bankrolls. Some are more casual than others. Uh, some may prefer to play long shots versus favorites. There's a, a ton of different kinds of betters out there. So what I did was I tried to put a couple for each award where there was a long shot, maybe somebody that was a one of the favorites, also maybe somebody middle of the pack. Uh, so with the MVP, the first one I'm going to go to is – and. Let me start by saying that I think the top seven or eight candidates for MVP, uh, you could pick any one of them out of a hat between Brady, Rodgers, et cetera. I went through and crossed a couple guys off immediately, tried to narrow down my list. And I came up with, first of all, Justin Herbert. He's nine to one on BetMGM. The Chargers have won three out of their last four in Kansas City. However, they've lost eight in a row at home to the Chiefs. So figure that one out. Okay, that's just a, that's a typical Chargers stat. Uh, so they've obviously won in Kansas City before. Herbert has won two of his games there. So week two, they go to Kansas City on a Thursday night. They have a legitimate chance to go in there and win. I think it may take Kansas City a little while to get warmed up. If Herbert wins the first opening night against Las Vegas and he wins week two in Kansas City, that 9-1 to is going to disappear, uh, which is one of the reasons why I put it on there. Yes, it's, it's, a, it's short odds for, uh, for an MVP, but that number may not be there long if they get off to a hot start because after that, the schedule for the Chargers really softens up. So I think they've got a chance to get off to a, a really good start. Uh, for the uh, middle uh, MVP candidate, I've got uh, Lamar Jackson for Baltimore, 20 to 1 on BetMGM. Remember last year, they were 8 and 3 before he went out, and then they dropped their last six games, all of which were close to finish 8 and 9, uh, but they did miss the playoffs which doesn't happen too often under John Harbaugh. So Lamar coming back this year, he was the MVP several years ago. 
uh, led Baltimore to uh, four, uh, 14 and two record, I believe that year. And uh, obviously fell in the playoffs early, but with Lamar back, they lost Hollywood Brown on the outside, but they liked their young receiving crew. I've read a little bit about Rashad Bateman is really uh, shown in camp so far. Uh, they've been drafted uh, several wide receivers in each of the last couple drafts. They also have Mark Andrews, one of the two best tight ends in the league. And they address their offensive line issues by traveling the, uh, drafting the center from Iowa uh, to fortify their line. So I think that Baltimore is going to be back uh, offensively this year. They're also, they have one of the easiest travel schedules in the league this year. And they don't have, uh, they don't leave the Eastern time zone, I don't believe. Uh, so I, the travel is huge when they don't have to make those West Coast trips. Uh, so I like Lamar at 20 to 1 uh, as a potential value. And they, uh, they have one of the weakest quarterback schedules uh, for their defense. What I did was I looked at last year's quarterback rating and tried to see who uh, won through 32 where everybody was playing this year. And Baltimore plays uh, a number of weak quarterbacks this year. So that should help them defensively. So I like Lamar at 20 to 1. I think they have a real bounce back season. And then finally, uh, Kirk Cousins is a long shot at 50 to 1. And I know there's probably a lot of eye rolls out there. Uh, about Cousins being an MVP candidate. But he had 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions last year. They also played, and this is hard to believe, 14 one-score games, of which they went six and eight last season. And the of those 14, 13 of them were in the first 15 weeks of the, of the season. So every game was tight. I put it more on their defense. They addressed that in the draft by using, I think, the first five picks were on defensive players, So if they, especially on the corners. So if they managed to shore up their defensive backfield, and Kevin O'Connell comes in, they'll pass the ball a little bit more than they did under Mike Zimmer. And if they uh, pass a little bit more, that's a good thing because they got Justin Jefferson on the outside. If you project out uh, Cousins and Jefferson stats uh, based on the number of times that the Rams passed last year, uh, add about 20% to their totals, uh, you're going to see a big jump for Cousins. I think he gets to 47, 4,800 yards this year. And I think Justin Jefferson gets into the 1,800, 1,850-yard range. So those are three guys that I like at different odds at uh, MGM. Very good. Ian, I was wrong about one thing. I, I knew you would give us a long shot because you always do. And for quarterbacks, the real chance is around that 50 to 1 range. So that makes sense. I understand that the case for Minnesota, different look on offense. I thought you were going to go with another guy whose number was 50. And now we're down to 40 in the market. I, I'm hearing a lot of love for Trey Lance. Where are you on Trey Lance? Uh, we know he's going to be the, the QB one this year for a team that has a very high win total. It's hard to say because we don't have much of a sample size from college. And when he did play at North Dakota State, he was great. I believe it was 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions. I actually saw him play a few years ago. Uh, I went to Western Illinois, so they're in the same league as Western. Um, I just don't, I don't know if we have enough of a sample size to be able to predict. What I think is going to happen is – I think that he is going to have a very wide variance. I think you're going to see some games where uh, he looks great, and I think you're going to have some games where he looks like he hasn't played much football the last three years at a high level. So it's it's really hard for me to say, both in his MVP odds and in trying to predict what San Francisco is going to do this year from a win total aspect or for a conference uh, NFC Conference champions aspect. So I've kind of stayed away from Trey Lance so far. Now, with a lot of these awards, you can also get in-season awards. So if you see him start off, you know, hot, uh, then you may want to jump in on it before that number moves too much. Or 
buy him early before the season starts, a, a speculative play, um, and then see how it goes from there. But like I said, it's just too many unknowns, I think, for him. Speaking of unknowns, Russell Wilson on a new team with the Broncos. Last season, of course, he was injured, but definitely a disappointing season. Hard to know what we're going to expect with him. Is it going to take some time for him to get things going? Where are you at um, with Russell Wilson for MVP? I liked him as much for MVP and, and also uh, potentially for the uh, Offensive Player of the Year. I think that the problem with Russell winning an award is that he also may, and, and the two of them could could work together, but uh, get to, I get a stat for it on this. Nathaniel Hackett may get uh, most of the credit, too, for Coach of the Year. So uh, in the last 10 years, I looked this up last night, twice the Coach of the Year and the MVP uh, was a quarterback came off the same team. So it doesn't happen very often. Uh, so it's hard to say who's going to get the credit there if he does well. I'm also anxious to see how he bounces back. I know that he was injured last year. I'm curious to see if it's the start of a downturn of his career because he is, I believe, 33 now. Uh, so is he on the downside or was he just playing on a team that had ignored their offensive line in the draft and free agency over the last half dozen years? And, you know, that caused uh, some of the problems because, uh, you know, Seattle, when they won the Super Bowl, had the highest paid offensive line in the league. Last couple of years, they've had the lowest paid offensive line. So they completely flipped uh, over the last six, seven years with that. So I'm, I'm curious to see how he does in Denver. Again, he's a guy that I've, I've stayed away from in the MVP market, but offensive player of the year, I found him at 40 to 50 to one in that range. And that he might be worth the play. Let's jump to that, Ian. Let's go to the offensive player of the year, Mark. It's interesting. You know, you look at it, and it's not really so much a quarterback award. It doesn't always correlate to where the best player at the position that wins the MVP also wins that award. Running backs win this award. Wide receivers last year, Cooper Cup won the award. What do you like offensive player of the year? Yeah, there's only been three wide receivers to win the offensive player of the year, but two of them have happened in the last three years. In Michael Thomas a couple years ago and then Cooper Cup. And then we've also had some running backs in recent years uh, win it too. Derrick Henry, Todd Gurley won it a few years ago. Uh, going back a decade, you had Adrian Peterson. So it is more of a position player's award. It's almost like the MVP is reserved for the quarterbacks now. And then for the best non-quarterback, uh, they're going to be in line to uh, potentially win the NFL Offensive Player of the Year. So I included two wide receivers in the Offensive Player of the Year uh, awards. First one is Justin Jefferson. I've heard his name in a few other places, and so I know he's a popular choice, but he's still 20 to 1. And to me, for a guy that has the potential to win the triple crown of receiving, which, you know, receptions, yards, and touchdowns, I think that's still a pretty good buy. So you can get him at 20 to 1. I remember last year about this time, Cooper Cup was in the 20 to 25 to 1 range after a week or two to win that award also. So you're right in line with where Cup was uh, last year. Also, Cup this year has Allen Robinson with him. So how many targets, how many touchdowns is Allen Robinson going to take from Cooper Cup? Derrick Henry uh, is ahead in the odds board. Jonathan Taylor. Can Taylor repeat what he did last year? I don't know. I'd rather not chase the stats from last year going to this year. So I'm going to avoid those guys. I'm going to avoid Derrick Henry because of the injury concerns. So I, it leaves me Justin Jefferson, who is an ascending player, uh, like I said earlier with Kirk Cousins, and then what I think is an ascending offense with Kevin O'Connell. So 20 to 1, I think he's a, he's a guy to take a look at. And his former college teammate, Jamar Chase, is another guy to take a look at at 30 to 1. 
second in the league last year at 18 yards per catch. He also averaged 11.4 yards per target, meaning that they target him downfield. That was second in the league behind Debo Samuel, uh, was a close second, and they were quite a bit ahead of uh, the third place, fourth place, fifth place, etc. So Jamar Chase, big playability. Cincinnati led the league last year, too, in yards per pass attempt. Uh, one of the reasons that they got to the Super Bowl, that's a big predictor uh, for teams in the playoffs. So I like Jamar Chase at 30-1. to 1. His catch uh, percentage last year was only about 63%, too, so I think that's something that can be improved. And he had six, He had five games in a six-game stretch. You guys probably remember this in the middle of last year. He had 52 yards or less. So that means he had some big games to make up for that. If we see that level out a bit and he's a little more consistent, uh, that, that would be big for him to be able to uh, win that Offensive Player of the Year. And then my final candidate is Derek Carr. He is 80 to 1. So I just got done saying that they don't give that award to quarterbacks anymore. But at 80 to 1, I think he's a heck of a value because he now has Darren Waller, who's healthy. He's got Devontae Adams, of course, who is a former college teammate, as everybody knows. I think that that will help with any uh, chemistry issues that sometimes a new quarterback and wide receiver have. These guys have played together before. And they have Hunter Renfro, who had over 100 catches last year out of the slot. There's not much running game to speak of, so they don't have to worry about just turning around and handing off like Matt Ryan does in Indianapolis. So they're going to be throwing a lot, with, especially with Josh McDaniels. I like Derek Carr at 80-1. to 1. I really like that price on him. Uh, if he can lead the league in yards, that was something we talked about, I know, uh, maybe a month or two ago when some of these player props started to come out. I think that's a heck of a, a, heck of a bet. Uh, good looks there, and I like attacking the wide receivers for sure. Feels like we're kind of figuring out how they're going to vote on this one moving forward, but you never know from year to year. So mm -hmm. defensive player of the year, it's been tough to find value over the years, Ian. A lot of times your winner comes from near the top of the board. What do you think of mm -hmm. that? Yeah, they do, and the first guy I've got is T.J. Watt. Now, he won it last year. It's not why I picked him, but he's finished third, second, and first the last three years. So he's been in the discussion. He's also had his sack totals go up uh, all five years that he's been in the league. Last year went from 15 up to 22 and a half. I don't think he matches that this year, but he finished top three with a 14 and a half sack season and a 15 sack season. Also forced like eight fumbles a couple of years ago, uh, which was an unbelievable stat um, that I found. So he does a little bit of everything. Quarterback pressures, he was in the 30s uh, for that. I think he had 34 last year. So uh, he, I think, is a safe bet at uh, seven to one. I think I saw him at, at BetMGM right around there. The second player that I looked at was Joey Bosa. And Bosa, I liked him for a couple of reasons. Number one, he's got Khalil Mack now opposite of him. So he'll see a lot of single coverage. They also signed a, a couple of defensive tackles to try to fortify the interior. They were terrible against the run last year. So with Bosa, if he stays healthy, and when he plays 16 games, he's had double-figure sacks all four times he's done that. And he was a uh, pro bowler, four-time pro bowler. So I think that in one-on-one -on -one matchups, uh, if everybody stays healthy on that defensive line, that he will be a guy to keep your eye on at 20-1. to 1. And then the final guy is uh, Darius, don't call me Shaquille Leonard, in Indianapolis. 122 tackles last year, eight forced fumbles three fumble recoveries, and four interceptions. Did a little bit of everything. But he had surgery in the offseason on a nerve in his back, and that really affected his play last year because it affected an ankle injury that he had, believe it or not. So he's a guy to keep an eye on. He's got a clean bill of health, and he is ready to go this year from what I've read. 
Great stuff. We'll come back. We'll continue talking with Ian here. We'll dive into baseball futures as well. Joe O, Joe G, and Hawksworth, Beck QL Daily right here on the Beck QL Network.